Welcome to a special Memorial Day Faith at Work sermon podcast. During this time of isolation and deprivation, we struggle together to find meaning and hope. And on Memorial Weekend, we take time to remember those who have gone before us. In our isolation and our separation, we have all had to leave a lot behind. And so we look forward to what is to come. Whether you are a person of traditional faith or just find yourself struggling for answers, you are welcome to join us. Today we'll be looking at the origins of Memorial Day and its meaning for the people of faith in our time. Jesus said, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. Memorial Day is not just about remembering. It's about remembering the sacrifices of those who gave their lives in defense of our nation. Originally those who died during the American Civil War. This annual commemoration, originally called Decoration Day, was instituted at Arlington National Cemetery by General John A. Logan in the following declaration. The 30th day of May, 1868, is designated for the purpose of strewing with flowers or otherwise decorating the graves of comrades who died in defense of our country during the late rebellion and whose bodies now lie in almost every city, village, and hamlet churchyard in the land. As Jesus told his disciples, as he prepared them to carry on his mission of spreading God's love after him, no one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. He laid down his life for all of us. We often call this the ultimate sacrifice, and it certainly is. After giving one's life, there is nothing more to give. More eloquent words have ever been spoken about the loss of life in war than those of Abraham Lincoln after the Battle of Gettysburg. These words which Lincoln penned on the back of an envelope on his way to the memorial which was held at the site of the battle were spoken prior to the end of the war. Lincoln wrote, Four score and seven years ago, our fathers brought forth on this continent a new nation, conceived in liberty, and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. Now we are engaged in a great civil war, testing whether that nation or any nation so conceived and so dedicated can long endure. We are met on a great battlefield of that war. We have come to dedicate a portion of that field as a final resting place for those who here gave their lives that that nation might live. It is altogether fitting and proper that we should do this. But in a larger sense, we cannot dedicate, we cannot consecrate, we cannot hallow this ground. The brave men, living and dead, who struggled here have consecrated it far above our poor power to add or detract. The world will little note nor long remember what we say here, but it can never forget what they did here. It is for us, the living, rather, to be dedicated here to the unfinished work which they who fought here 
have thus far so nobly advanced. It is rather for us to be here dedicated to the great task remaining before us, that from these honored dead we take increased devotion to that cause for which they gave the last full measure of devotion, that we here highly resolve that these dead shall not have died in vain, that this nation, under God, shall have a new birth of freedom, and that government of the people, by the people, and for the people, shall not perish from the earth. Lincoln said that the world would little note nor long remember what he said there. Well, he was wrong. The whole world did take note and has long remembered what he said and the importance of those words. The focus of Memorial Day celebrations have evolved over the years. I remember as a child attending Decoration Day ceremonies at Veterans Park on the banks of the Wapsipinicon River in Independence, Iowa. An honor guard tossed a wreath into the river. A 21-gun salute shattered the morning silence, and then, as we watched that wreath float slowly out into the current, taps was played. We all stood in place until the memorial wreath was swept over the dam. Then we departed in silence, and my family, like most others, drove to the cemetery to decorate our family graves. We moved from the focused military remembrance to a celebration of all those who have gone before us. There is still some controversy about whether or not Memorial Day should be reserved for the war dead, and I can understand that. Those men and women deserve special recognition and devotion. At the same time, it's appropriate that we remember the sacrifices that all those who have gone before us have made. The sentiment is often expressed using a line from a John Milton poem, They also serve who only stand and wait. Today we are called upon to make sacrifices. Our daily lives have been complicated by the pandemic. If we begin to fall into self-pity or think that we are unique in what we have given up and what we may still be called to give up, remembering those who came before us, even those who could only stand and wait, may help us put our sacrifices into perspective. This week I reflected on the life of my father. Dad was born in the coal country of southern Illinois in 1904. He was too young to enlist in World War I, though he tried to lie about his age, ran away from home, but he was rejected and they sent him back home. But he did his part to support the war effort by going to work in the deep shaft coal mines when he was 12 years old. He proudly served in the army as a cook between the two great wars. He always reminded me of the old saying, the army moves on its stomach. He had to work hard to scratch out a living during the Great Depression, just as he started a family. Over the protests of my mother, he again tried to enlist in World War II, but was deemed too old and sent home again. But like all Americans, he worked and sacrificed to keep our country going during the war. 
during the post-war prosperity. He worked as an elementary school custodian for over 40 years so that I would not have to make the same sacrifices that he had made. And all of my life, I've benefited by what he and millions of other Americans did and what they sacrificed. I in no way want to minimize the sacrifices and suffering that many Americans are making due to the devastating health crisis and economic storm that we are in the midst of. I do want us to realize, however, that we are not unique. I find in that realization comfort and a reason for hope, knowing that we can, through hard work and sacrifice, return to peace of mind and prosperity, even if prosperity may be redefined. Just as my father never could have envisioned the life that I live today, we cannot envision the lives that our children will live. Let us use our knowledge of the past to envision and work for a new and brighter future for them. All Americans are not equally affected by COVID-19. The poor and the homeless and those who have lost their jobs are more severely impacted than those who are still working and those who are financially secure. Medical personnel, first responders, and people working in essential industries are at risk of sacrificing their health and their lives. There are certain sacrifices, however, that all of us are called upon to make. We have all had to sacrifice a degree of our freedom of movement and access to some of the activities that we hold dear. We Wisconsinites haven't been able to go out for our iconic fish fries on Friday night. How I would love to go out to a movie in a bona fide theater complete with buttery theater popcorn. We can't just casually run to the store for, to pick up a thing or two. And wearing masks makes some people feel as they're giving up the air that they breathe. High school graduates have sacrificed their right to work, walk across the stage. Now, some of these sacrifices may seem petty. None are life-threatening. But added together, we may feel as though we've sacrificed our way of life. Through these sacrifices, we have not laid down our lives for those we love in a literal sense, but we've laid down important pieces of our lives for them. While all across the nation there's controversy over the effectiveness of the safer-at-home policies, their intent is to protect the health and lives of at-risk populations. Whatever the outcome, these sacrifices are a noble expression of our love for our neighbor. As the legal restrictions are lifted, our willingness to voluntarily sacrifice for others is going to be even more important. I was reminded this week of a sacrifice that many are called upon to make, the loss of intimacy with those they love most. A friend of mine said, I don't know how long I can stand this. I need to give my grandbabies a hug. The same goes for many who have to visit their elderly parents and grandparents, if at all, separated by the glass panes of their nursing home windows. Zoom meetings and FaceTiming help, but nothing can take the place of human touch. 
We've also been forced to relinquish our sense of entitlement and self-determination. Poor old Job in the Old Testament had that reality forced upon him. He lost everything that he had, his family and his wealth, due to disease and natural disaster. And Job said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. It's easy to get complacent when everything is going well, but when we are humbled as we are now, we realize our dependence on God for all things. And that's why Job, in the depth of his misery, did not curse God, but said, Blessed be the name of the Lord. I hope that we can do the same. We are also called to sacrifice our self-centered views of the world. John Donne wrote, No man is an island, entire of itself. Every man is a piece of the continent, a part of the main. If a clod be washed away by the sea, Europe is the less as well as if a promontory were, as well if, as if the manner of thy friends or thine own were. Any man's death diminishes me because I am involved in mankind. And therefore never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. None of us is an island unto ourselves, nor can we retreat to an island. There is no place to hide from the risk of infection. Whoever we are, wherever we are, the bell tolls for us. The fact that I may be safer at home does not exempt me from the suffering around me. Nations can close their borders and restrict air travel, but microorganisms don't carry passports and don't respect any borders. We are interdependent at every level of our existence. As John, sa John says, because I am involved in mankind. The Apostle Paul says, we are one body with many members. And when one member suffers, we all suffer. This was the lesson of the Civil War. At the end of the Constitutional Convention of 1787, Benjamin Franklin was asked, Well, doctor, what have we got? A republic or a monarchy? And Franklin replied, A republic, if you can keep it. Through the Civil War, the republic barely survived, but it did. The Union, the body as Paul put it, did survive. The people of the nation, one people, suffered together. Paul said, When one member suffers, we all suffer. But he went on to say, If one member rejoices, all members rejoice. On Memorial Day, when we remember that we suffer together, we all rejoice together for the freedom and the union that was saved. And at the end of our current crisis, and there will be an end, after we have all suffered together, we will all rejoice together. When Jesus celebrated the Last Supper with his disciples, he said, In the future, when you eat this bread and drink this wine, remember me. He wanted them to remember his suffering and his death, for he knew 
that then they would also remember that God raised him from the dead and gave him new life. He laid down his life that his friends would experience that new life. On this Memorial Day, let us remember those who died. Let us consecrate and hallow the graves of those who have died in service to our country. But also, let us dedicate our lives to the great task that now lies before us with a new sense of unity and purpose. The world will take note and long remember what we do. Let us resolve that the dead shall not have died in vain, so that this nation may not perish from the earth, but may stand as a blessing and a beacon to all of God's people throughout the earth. This Memorial Day takes on a special somber meaning. Today our flags fly at half-staff in remembrance of those many thousands who have died of an insidious disease at the hands of an unseen enemy whose bodies now lie in almost every city, village, and hamlet churchyard in this land. Their lives matter. Their deaths need to be mourned. Their graves need to be consecrated. And if we move forward from this day with hope renewed, they will not have died in vain. And so today, we remember. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. Thank you for joining me. It is my prayer that God will protect you and comfort you through all of the difficult times of your life. I hope that in addition to the solemn celebrations of this weekend, that you will find time for rest, recreation, and renewal. Be safe and be well. May God bless you and keep you. May God's face shine upon you with grace and mercy. May God look upon you with favor and give you peace. And may God bless America.